Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. <laughs> Hello everyone, my name is AJ Orsini, and I am your host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I am here with episode 11, and as the hype has stated on social media, I am here with my first guest. Uh, I'm here to have witty banter and story time with a very important person. Uh... Normally, I, I laugh at myself when I do these intros. That particular intro that I just did is hilarious. I love, I love the Woken stuff. But my guest today is uh, the AJ Orsini expert. This is the one person on the planet that knows me probably better than I know myself. If I was going to have a first guest, the obvious choice was going to be this person. I can't wait to, uh, to, to, to have an a in-depth conversation with this individual. And that would be... My wife, Mrs. O. How you doing, Mrs. O? I'm doing good. <laughs> now, we, we had a little bit. See, I don't hide anything from my fans. So um, I, I advertised a guest um, because I had gotten an extra microphone to go ahead and put into my little system here and work through uh, having a back and forth conversation with two individual mics. But we've had some technical difficulties right out the back. Uh, so we're not using the second mic. Uh, that's not going to go uh, forward. So we're going to be going back and forth. We're cool with that, right? Yeah, we're cool with that. <laughs> we're, cool. we're cool with that. So uh, no, uh, despite technical difficulties, you decided to stay up with me on this um, hot-as-fuck Tuesday night uh, here in the house. The house of O is warm as shit tonight for some reason. We've got all the windows open I got a fan going over here. I took the ACs out because of the fucking weather, and now I regret that decision gratefully because I'm I'm my, right as we speak, I I'm topless here. I got shorts on. I'm topless, but my pits are just the moistest they've ever been. I'm topless too, but my pits are okay. You're not completely topless though. You've got a bra on. We don't want to get an X-rated. I mean, I know this is uncensored, but we're not doing a live feed, so you're you're partially clothed. Um, for this conversation, this is going to be a long one, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm recording, everything is good uh, for right now, so we're just going to do the back and forth. I don't like the back and forth thing. I like being able to have the comfort of just having it in front of you, but we're going to make this work, and you're a trooper for doing this, so thank you so much. Thank you for being on the show. Yay! <laughs> See, I don't like pausing. The, where's the remote now? See, we were watching some stuff on TV. And it unpaused itself all by itself, and I'm lying, and it doesn't give a shit. Fucking cable box never gives a shit. Optimum does not give a fuck. So, I'm going to do, I'm going to open up my show by talking with my guest, about my guest. Uh, we will be talking about different topics. I already told you some of the topics we'll be talking about. But I wanted to, since I have you here, and you're the Orsini expert, all right, you know Orsini better than, I'm not going to quiz you, don't worry about it. I can already see your face. <laughs> the, the heart, the palpitations have already started. Was, finals week was for you, not me. Right. Oh, you just reminded me. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Finals week. I I uh, I, I said in my last my last podcast that I was gearing up for uh, finals week. It is now over as of a few hours ago. I nailed the test, crushed it. Uh, thanks to my beautiful wife's assistance, of course, who um, has a master's degree. So you've been through all this stuff already. Already, I don't want to think about it anymore. Yeah, all done, all done. At least until the end of January. So, and I'm going to keep moving forward. I've already discussed them on my podcast. 
My wife doesn't listen to my podcast, but that's fine. She doesn't have to listen to my podcast because she's been listening to my podcast for 14 years. Every Everything that I've said on the podcast, you've already heard me say. Wait, I live a podcast every time we're in the car going to pick up the baby in the morning to the next activity, to the next event. Every conversation is a podcast. Every conversation. And, we, and we've been, and, and how many times have you said in the car, it's like, we should be recording this right now. We totally should. I, like, I need to get a voice recorder on our phones to record us. We have. We have voice recorders. I've been voice recording. It just won't pick up a lot of crap in the car because of all the residual sound. You know, all the sound of, you know, cutting people off and trucks. and fu- We live in New York, so there's a lot of residual shit, fire departments and, and, and the like. So one of the things that I want to talk to you about, here you go. No, I was just saying. You were gesturing, so. I, I was. I was just saying that the audience can relate to that. Be like, oh, that fucker did that. Oh, man, I feel for you, bro. And then they'll just continue on our path. So we'll be having a conversation like what we're about to have about Del Ziggler in the background. And they can relate to that. Exactly. They can relate to that. It happens in everyday conversation. When they're walking down the street on their cell phones, they have to stop and say, oh, fuck the ambulance. Let's stop our conversation for two seconds and then continue on. It's life. Well, they don't have that problem in Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, by the way, you didn't hear my other uh, <laughs> couple of episodes. I banned all gyms from Idaho from listening to my show. <sighs> that's, that's what I have to say. You didn't. Need, you weren't privy to that conversation. But all all males named. If you're a female named Jim, you've been through enough. You can hear the show. But if you, if your name is Jim and you live in Idaho, you cannot listen to the show. I, I in a heat of in a, the heat of battle and a fit of rage, I've banned all Jims. So you're the Orsini expert. So you we've been together since 2003. We're like museum exhibits. We're 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 the long term relationship that that's supposed to exist in 2017. So. Uh, when you when you first met me, not when you first met me, I, I'll give you about a year's worth of time here. But within the first year, how much of this wrestling shit did you realize was going to be a part of your life in the future? Oh my god! Um, wait, I didn't I didn't realize it till like probably like eight months in. You didn't really go heavy on it the first six months. No, I was trying you out. I was feeling you out to see. <laughs> and and actually. Uh, watching it every Wednesday didn't start till like the summer and then the end of the first year it started. So it was like our one year anniversary. Wait, for our one year anniversary, I took you to ROH. So it was the summer right before um, our first year anniversary is when it started to get deep. And then I took you to ROH for the first time in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Yes, it was the Glory by Honor show with uh, the Rexplex in Elizabeth, New Jersey. You did the bus trip. We were just talking about the bus trip in the locker room over at uh, when I did the Fiesta show. We were just talk- like I'm sweating down the my back. Okay. It's getting greasy over here. On topic. On topic. On topic. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we were just talking about the bus trip, but yeah, we did the bus trip going to the Rexplex. That was your one year anniversary gift to me. That was uh, the signal to me that this was a, wi- a possible wife situation. Um, we had uh, Allison Danger at the beginning. We were supposed to have Christopher Daniels in the beginning. But we got Alice in Danger, and then when the show was over, we got Samoa Joe. That was the big thing at the end of that. So, yeah, that was the one year. I think at that point, you must have realized, yeah, this is probably going to be around for a while. Exactly. Exactly. And the fact that I lost something, and you're like, did you know who you talked to in order to ask them if they saw your cell phone? No. Who was it? My cell phone. It was my cell phone. Somebody's, cell phone. Yeah. Somebody's cell phone. But you were like, you were talking to Special K? Yes. And I was just like, okay. 
I didn't know who Special K was yet, but I was about to find out. Well, yeah, but I mean, well, I mean, Special K was my thing back in the day. I loved their three music from back in the day. But that was the group that had Jay Lethal and uh, and Dixie and all those other <laughs> rambunctious young ROH stars from back in the day. I lost my cell phone at the Rexplex because during intermission, the Rexplex, if you don't know, it's like an indoor skate park. So it's got like arcades and it's got an indoor rink and all that shit. And off to the side, tarped off. It was like this one little wrestling area by bleachers. And during the intermission, we went to the arcade area, and I was playing DDR. And I took the fucking, this is when I had like a, a flip phone with the clip on it. And I put it on the fucking machine, and I DDR'd, I DDR'd my ass off and then walked off. Like I didn't just leave shit on this machine. And I came back, and Special K was playing the machine. That was why we spoke to Special K, because they were the ones on the fucking machine, and no one had seen my phone. I was fucked. No, I was about to say, I think it was Virgin Mobile or Virgin mm-hmm. Text or something. It was a Virgin phone, yeah. Unlike its possessor, it was a Virgin phone, yes. And it, I lost it for forever. I never saw that phone again. But yeah, so I was bummed. I was the one bummed, and you were the one that got the kiss. Talk about the kiss. Oh, on the bus ride back, I think two people came on the bus uh, to have like a quick Q&A. And I think... Um, you asked if I could get a kiss or if I could give him a kiss oh, or whatever. Kiss. Uh, did I ask for the kiss you for me? For kiss. Okay, well, you know me. I always love to hug or kiss wrestlers. That's my thing. So I definitely got the kiss. And then I got the kiss a year later. And then I got a video several years down the line. So me and Samoa Joe are connected. He doesn't know that yet, but we're connected. I think he's well aware of the fact that you're connected. I said that's how the video happened. Um, so to follow the line of, so you met him uh, in '04 on the bus. That's where you got the first hug and kiss. And then in '07, when TNA went to Webster Hall, he was there for that. He was selling T-shirts, and then you got the hug and the kiss. And then for House of Glory, which is the show I was working, I was working with Joe. Rather than being a fan, I had stepped my game up, and I was working with the champ, and you couldn't make it because you were with the baby. So we, I, I had Samoa Joe speaking to the camera, and he dedicated a video to you in place of the hug and, and kiss. So that's Samoa Joe, folks. For those of you wondering, he's a cool dude. <laughs> he played along. I also have the, uh, when it comes to my wife, the, dad, the Dan Moff story which is the thumbs down where you kill Jack Evans in the Rexplex, which which he personally has agreed that you were the one. He just didn't know it was you. That's all that it was. Defend your, You're shaking your head, so defend yourself. No, no. Defend what? It's all lies. In the heat of the moment, the whole crowd was booing. The whole crowd oh, wanted to see him dead. It wasn't just me, okay? Everybody was booed, even the little kids, even including me. I was just the one on the chair, okay? And you think, oh, he saw me above everybody else. I'm the one that he that he highlighted among everybody, and I'm the one that killed him. No, 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 no. Not true. Lies. Thumbs down. That was what killed him. And you know that's what killed him, and that's what Dan Moffset killed him. So that's what matters. So the story, the story goes like this: We went to this is the same show where I lost my phone. This is the Rexplex. So the main event was like a four-team endurance match or whatever. It's elimination style, and it was Generation Next, which was Roderick and Jack Evans against uh, Moff and Whitmer at the time. And Moff had Jack up for the fucking burning hammer, and he's working the crowd. He's going side to side or whatever. 
And the way that the Rexplex was set up at the time, there's three sides of the ring with chairs, and then our side had bleachers. So it's like stadium seating. It's not really seats. It's just bleachers. And you're mid-fucking bleacher, <laughs> standing on the bleacher, and you give the fucking Spartacus thumbs down. He fucking nods in acknowledgement and drills Jack. That's where the fucking thing started in the section that you were the one that killed him. Then we got on the bus, and I told the story about the fact that you killed him, and you still denied it. This is 04. It's 2017. You're still denying this. So we fast forward all the way, I think, to like 2000, I want to say 13, 2014, something like that. Once again, I'm with House of Glory, which I spoke about the last podcast, my history with House of Glory. So I'm with I'm, I'm at a House of Glory show. Damn, Moff's on the show. I told Moff the story. And while, of course, he doesn't remember me or, or you because it was how many years ago, he remembers the match because it was one of his last matches in Ring of Honor as a full-time guy. And he remembers a woman in the crowd doing the fucking thumbs down. He remembers nodding to it and fucking drilling it. So Moff confirms it. If you're listening to this, Moff, she is denying it to this day. She, You were the one that fucking killed Jack Evans. That's the way that it is. <laughs> how many because uh, when you first met me uh in 03 i was just a fan you know I'm, you met all my friends who were fans you mentioned the wednesday shows the wednesday shows she's talking about is way back when my wife is an og tna fan we're talking the wednesday pay-per-view days the fucking asylum and fucking what was it nashville or some shit over in tennessee those wednesday penny shows you know those shows were a penny right they charged a penny for those shows Every Wednesday, it was like a weekly Wednesday thing. My wife, uh, the authentic Brandon Lewis, who I've spoken about on this show, a litany of people, we'd all go to the fucking, my friend's house, because he had the box. He had like some jimmied box where he would get all the fucking pay-per-view shit for free. And we would do all the Wednesday shows, and my wife went to all the Wednesday shows. So originally, you were a TNA fan before you were a WWE fan, right? That's true. I was a TNA fan before I was a WWE fan. They didn't see it till after the Wednesday shows when they started making it on another day. And then um, what day did they make it? Well, after the Wednesday pay-per-views, it was, a, it was a Fox Sportsnet, which changed it to like Thursday, but then it was on TV. And then it went from Fox Sportsnet to Spike TV. That's when they were doing, yeah. After Spike, you were done. <laughs> you were done. You'd watch the pay-per-views because I'd have the pay-per-views on. So you were kind of up to date. I was, but you know what? We, we I, I started really watching WWE when we had our own place. And then every Monday we can watch it. Every Thursday we could watch it. Every Sunday we can watch the pay-per-view. So, I mean, I started watching WWE when we started having our own place. We didn't need to go to somebody's house, you know, every week on Wednesday. Plus, I wasn't going to watch every Wednesday again because that was in Manhattan and I was dorming in Queens and we had to go back to Queens right after at 11 o'clock at night, get home 1230 in the morning. Goddamn buses. Goddamn Q46. If you're listening and you're in Queens right now and you know what bus I'm talking about, it's goddamn shit, a shit show. It's a fiasco. But yeah, after the Wednesday shows when we were doing the TNA stuff, um, then came the WWE stuff and you came into the WWE Around about 2004, I want to say. Right around WrestleMania 20, because that was when we went to that dude's house to watch WrestleMania 20. That was like their, your first big WWE pay-per-view was like WrestleMania 20, I believe. Yeah, but I had only seen like two WrestleManias. Like you, you made it a yearly tradition to watch the WrestleManias. So I went to like two other people's homes to go see it. But 
I didn't actually see the show shows. So, I mean, it wasn't until we actually could see it on a regular basis. And once TNA started tanking. So, I mean, like, it was like, which garbage am I going to watch? <laughs> which is the question a lot of wrestling fans ask themselves now. Which garbage am I going to watch? But, uh, yeah, so we, so you you kind of got ingratiated into the whole wrestling thing. You did a little of the backyard stuff with me also back in the day. Not too much, but enough to to prove your coolness, I guess, Terry Wood. But funny enough, and I say this all the time, and, and, and you disagree from time to time, but it's the facts, and, and I'll say it on the podcast. You, you paid an awful lot of dues in the business yourself, and you didn't really pay them for any particular purpose other really than to support me. I mean, because when I start listing off shit that I've done, like when people ask me, because I spoke last week about my role in the House of Glory, and you were there with me in the beginning of the whole House of Glory thing, and I was doing commentary and interviewing before House of Glory. And then I came into House of Glory, and, and they wanted me for those things, but they didn't really have the platform for it yet. So they were just looking for different jobs for me to do. So I was doing camera work. I was doing photos. I was filming matches. I was putting up chairs. I was doing all that garbage. I was remember the time I got killed on in the dirt sheets because I was shitting on announcing tradition because I was on the side. I know. Okay, so let's do this. You go through your Rolodex of the companies you work for and what you did, and then I'm going to say what I did for each of them behind the scenes as well because I felt like I worked there too. I was a volunteer on the side, okay? It's like when somebody works late night and they bring their wife, but they still do their job, but yet they have somebody tag along with them. That's what it was like. You worked at the first place. You were a, a, a ring announcer. You were the host. And what was I doing? Recording you. Well, let's start. Well, because for F, okay, let's start with FSW, because you did a bunch of shit for FSW when we were doing, um, which was my first company, Fighting Spirit Wrestling, with the Maximos over with the SATs in Brooklyn. You you were doing filming at FSW, weren't you? I was uh, helping you put your note cards together. You had everything on a Microsoft Word document. I I would put the two matches together. I would find out people's info if it was crunch time sometimes, um, although you like to do that personally. You mean my announcer notes you're talking about? Yeah, yeah your announcer notes. I would set up the video camera. I would record you and several other people and trying to find a quiet room and record it several times and give you feedback, give them bet them feedback then i had to wait up with you so that you could put everything together editing process because you know i stay up with you for the editing process too so that you can stay up to do the editing process <laughs> house of glory house of glory setting up chairs also recording again going with you going back and forth from your job to house of glory to your job to house of glory because uh, you were still working at the time uh, you would work and go to the shows at the same time um, and they wouldn't even notice you were gone. Um, and uh, you're referring to my job. Yeah, I and 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 even when you did two KW, because uh, I haven't told that story on I, here yet. I, I was kind of saving that one, what? where I would disappear from my my job. Like I would have because I was working overnight shifts for a particular job that I won't name, and I probably shouldn't even be talking about this out loud. But then I would like disappear from the job to go do shows, and I would come back at like. One two in the morning, it's <laughs> it, it finished job. And and not only that, at two KW, I was. Music lady. Wait, no, not even music lady. At seven months pregnant, while all the boys who are nice and fit and 
didn't get off their ass seven months where I shouldn't be lifting a goddamn thing. I was lifting up chairs, unfolding chairs, putting stuff around the ring because there was some lazy ass motherfuckers who, who didn't want to pay their own dues. And I'm here not even a wrestler paying the dues they should be paying because they feel they did it already. They don't have to continue doing it. I've unfolded fucking chairs for several companies too and I still fucking did it while seven months pregnant. Why didn't you say this shit when I exploded? Why'd you let me take all the heat then if this is how you felt? No, and, and not only that, then I became music lady with the baby in the carriage. So I'm feeding the baby and playing music at the same time. You know, and then having to do gorilla all by myself because again, motherfuckers can't stay by a curtain. And tell me when to fucking press play. That's a guy. She's shooting now. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 I paid dues that I wasn't even supposed to be paying. There's more dues. You skipped a step. Oh, shit. Texas. Red, Red River Pro. Yes, Texas. Yes. Fucking shit. <laughs> fucking Texas. Got my nice white pants dirty because of rodeo dust. Okay. Having to move from room to room. All these changes happening. Making up two or three several sheet cards because of all the changes that are happening. Making sure the gate was okay. Messages back and forth. Everybody's like, so what are we doing? Give me one second. I'll be right back. Run to you. Run to them. Run to you. Run to them. It was crazy shit, but I handled my shit. So the first Texas trip, for those of you keeping track of all this shit, the first Texas trip that we took, uh, we were going to Texas and... Steph, we, we had like 12 people going on this trip, and Steph was one of the non-licensed drivers. We had like four licensed drivers. We ha- I hadn't planned for more, but as we got closer to the trip, people started backing off of the trip. Like they had shit they had to do or something came up or whatever. So we dwindled. We had 12 people going, and it had eight drivers in total. By the time it was time to actually take the trip, there was 12 people coming and four drivers. Four drivers too many vans to drive from New York City to Texas. It's a 27-hour drive if you go straight, which is what we did. You go straight. So you're driving from New York to Texas. You drive. You get there. You do the show. You get back into the car. And you drive back. That's 1,500 miles going, 1,500 miles coming back. That's, that's 12 hours at night because I had the night shift. I was just telling somebody at work. I literally, I wish I had the map in front of me. I went through... Uh, Virginia, West Virginia, tip of Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas. Um, I went through all those states. I would say at night I drew, I, I drove through like five states, learner's permit, okay, only at night when I shouldn't have been driving, okay, and I only had one other individual, um, who had a converse, who was conversating with me at night just so I could stay awake Shut to go up. drive. Um, yeah, it was Shady. Shady, yes. It was Shady and it was Brandon. Um, those- but more Shady than Brandon. Yeah, it, it was more Shady than Brandon. But it was the second time around. Did he go both times? Yes. He went both times? Yeah, Shady went both times. I thought it was the second time. I actually felt really bad because... Um, Shady was such a trooper. He he was he was one of the few guys that had money on him on both trips, and he came both times. And he was the only referee for the whole show. So he, unlike all the other boys, he worked. He he was in the car for twenty seven hours, worked all seven matches, <laughs> and then got back in the car to drive back. And I felt so terrible because the third time he went, we had the plane. We finally had the plane tickets, and I, and I couldn't get him a ticket, and I felt like crap because he was like the MVP of both of those shows. And 
you you busted your ass for both of those shows because t- think about it it's 27 going 27 coming back 1500 miles going 1500 miles coming back and your dumb ass did it twice <laughs> and the third time and the third time you would think okay third time was a plane right so it's gonna make the whole trip easier no folks third time she was pregnant yeah, my ass is still holding a camera, v- recording while pregnant. At a certain point, my husband got tired, uh, got upset with me because during one match, I had to sit down and record, and you could tell that the camera was a little bit lower. And I was like, "But I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore." I was like, I was standing pregnant for like match one through six. By match seven, I was tired, and nobody else was doing it. So, I mean, I was a trooper for that long, you know? So, to defend myself, since my wife just threw me under the fucking bus. Yes, you did. You just threw me under the bus. Oh, my husband was mad at me. I was not mad at my pregnant wife because she sat down. I was mad because if she was tired, she should have just told me she was tired, and I would have gotten someone else to film, and she wouldn't have to do it at all. Technically, you didn't have to film at all. I would have gotten somebody, but that was something you wanted to do it was like in the middle of the match though so i wasn't gonna be like in the middle of the match screaming and yelling or trying to wave to try to get somebody's attention to then go through gorilla to try to get you to come out and try to find somebody it was it was hectic so you know what gotta do what i gotta do i know but i'm just saying like you were taking all the heat this is where you hot tag out (laughs) and let somebody get in there and do what they need to do is what i'm trying to tell you here so the point of all this, what we're getting at, is that you paid some serious fucking dues and you really didn't get shit out of it because you haven't taken one fucking bump. <laughs> you were just being a supportive-ass wife is, is what that really fucking comes down to. So take note, all you females out there, if you want to find yourself a, a, a down chick, this is what a down chick sounds like, guys. We're talking about all the dues being paid over here. That's not even counting. I mean, we didn't talk about FTW. We didn't talk about PWA. We didn't talk, I mean, how many companies... The New Hampshire trip, <laughs> where we made, we, we did the, uh, what was it, um, PWA used to rock us, because they used to have four or five fucking shows, like, a weekend, there would be, like, a birthday show at one, and then, like, the New Haven show at, like, six or seven, and then the next day we'd do the football game, remember we were doing halftime shows at the fucking game, and then to go back to the venue again to do, it was, yeah, we were doing like Friday night shows, two Saturday, two Sunday, brother, I was getting bookings, boy, I was getting bookings, I was getting out there and doing my damn thing, people sleep on the fact that I used to get a lot of fucking work, right, For real, and then I still gotta bring the baby with me. No, but some of these were before the baby, though. Yeah, but, 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 but it started getting harder with the baby, that's when it started, that's when it, yeah, that's when it started yeah going downhill i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore i i i push 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 and a certain point i just i couldn't do it anymore it started to getting too hard yeah we 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 actually tried right like when uh you're by the way just as a side note you're coming in kind of low you're gonna have to talk into the uh get a little get a little bass in you when you got hot earlier the the thing was spiking this whole thing i'm looking at the thing with the that's keeping track of the audio, you were spiking like a motherfucker when you when you had gotten hot earlier, but then now you're getting docile again. I think, I, I think it's when I said motherfucker. <laughs> it started going up. <laughs> I don't know if any of my fans have heard you curse before, so that's interesting. We're definitely uncensored tonight. But uh, I lost my track of thinking. What the hell was I talking about? Oh, the... Um, no, not the motherfucker. <laughs> I think uh, people sleeping on my booking schedule for forever. And then we had the kid. We tried though. Like when my son were f- when we first had Alex, uh, we took him to that FTW show over by the, the in Long Island. 
like that Evolve FTW show or whatever. We tried it, the noise factor. I think he would do better now, but the problem is, is like he's so energetic, he won't sit still. Yeah, we we took him to the firehouse. I think it was in a uh, uh, firehouse. We took him to Long Island a couple of times. We took him to New Jersey. Uh, we took him to oh the Manville show GCW yes I remember that now the fucking uh, the tag tournament with EYFBO against uh, Mike and uh, Moff. We took him to Connecticut. We took him to New Hampshire. Um, I mean, this boy has seen. He was in four different states before he was even one, uh, traveling around with us. And it wasn't until like, uh, you know, when, when after a show, everybody gets so hyped. And everybody starts talking about the show and you just start reviewing and you start talking about all the arguments you had backstage and all the confusion and all this and that and the backstabbing and the talking and the bonchinchera between people backstage, you know. And then, you know, he's trying to sleep in his little car seat because it's been such a long night and then everybody's keeping him awake and I'm like, bendito. But then he finally nods out because he's just so exhausted and tired and I'm like, Man, I'm like, if you guys just would have been shh for five minutes, he would have knocked out sooner. But everybody's just so hyped at that point. I was like, the baby can't do this. He he can't help being a baby around adults. I was like, he just needs to stay home and just chill and relax. So we just, we just, I, I couldn't do it anymore with him anymore. So, you know, somebody had to stay home with the baby. And I guess I was the stay at home mommy wrestler wife. Yeah, and that's kind of where it ended for me because what ended up happening with me now is that, and again, our son's going to be three in two months. All this kind of went down like year one. This was like when he was like he wasn't even one yet, where everything just started to get really difficult. And I'm glad I have you here to confirm this shit because I think people think I'm bullshitting when I say that I stopped taking bookings because I, I tell people all the time I stopped taking bookings because of my family. And I hear all the time that people, oh, your bookings dried up. My bookings did not dry up. The people that I canceled on call, call me. I just got invited to hog this week for the whole seven show. Like I, I chose to do this. It was also the incorporation of school, too. So it was like school came at a really bad time when things started to pick up and become really hot. So you had school, baby, and then all these bookings that would take you out like at least eight times or more a month. And then you still had to study and do all the other shit you had to do. So it was getting hard. Even with the online classes and you could make your own schedule, it was still hard to make your own schedule because we needed to tag each other, you know, in the house. You know, so it's it's it, it it was hard. This this tag team was getting hard. Yeah, it, it was getting to a point where it was just like like I would have a Saturday uh, Saturday class, which would I wouldn't get out till two. And then like that's what that was where the problem started, because I would do like PWA shows out in Connecticut where I was I'm like the regular everyday announcer. So I would get out of class at two. You'd pick me up with the kid or you pick me up with whatever extra talent was coming with me or whatever, and we'd go from downtown Manhattan all the way up into Connecticut. And then because I'm the one with the car, I have to drop everybody off. So it's us to Connecticut. Then we have to drive back from Connecticut, drop a nigga off in the Bronx, drop a nigga off in Queens, and then head down to the lower to drop off Rays to then come back to fucking our house, which means we're not getting there till like 2. But, oh, wait, I forgot. I have an 8 a.m. Sunday class. That I have to get to. So that's where it all went down. That's when all of a sudden I was just like. Because I paid a shit ton of dues. Like at House of Glory for instance. Like I paid a ton of fucking dues. And then I went from the guy who was sweeping and doing chairs. To the lead play by play guy. 
and all of a sudden I'm not that anymore. So people are like, well, time, you know, they wanted to get new voices. No, I walked away because I had stuff I had to do. And I tell people all the time, you don't believe me, talk to the promoters because they still hit me up to this day. And, and I and I wish I could be there. You know that. You know that for real. I, I wish I could be there. But you guys here at the house are more important. The house of O needs to stand tall. And I keep telling motherfuckers, when this shit is over, I said this two weeks in a row now, now this makes three. When this shit is over, when this school nonsense is over, and I'm making the dough that I need to be making, and I got the education that I need, you motherfuckers are in trouble. Because <laughs> when I come back, my son's going to be older. He's gonna. He's already more mature, right? He's spelling his own name. He's doing shit. Yeah, yeah. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> she confirms. Yeah. So, so definitely. So we talked about your background uh, 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 in the wrestling business a little bit with me and the stuff that you've done, stuff that you've learned. Um, who are some of the Who are some of the favorite people that you've gotten the chance to either meet or hug or rub elbows with? in the course of working behind the scenes with me oh man um oh well the sweatiest mess that i liked to that i i liked getting a hug from was um abyss and it, first thing was yeah i'm kind of sweaty i don't care you preferred it for real i was like i've never had this much man between my two arms come here which is false but go ahead who 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 was bigger? I'm more man than anyone oh, you've ever God. hugged in your entire. I know what you meant physically because he's 300 pounds, six ten. But yeah. I'm even at my frame, I'm more man. Yeah, I wasn't talking about that man part of him. Um, but yeah, I hugged his sweaty ass. Um, and it was you did not hug his ass. Okay, you know what I meant. Um, definitely meeting Motor City Machine Guns. That was fucking awesome. Um, definitely my encounters with Samoa Joe, fucking awesome. The AJ Styles, the ropey boo with his thick ass accent. Which I was going to stay away from, but since you bring it up, let's talk about the raw pit bull for a second. Just for a second, because <laughs> I know I have some friends, uh, who listen to the podcast and I know, especially Mr. Paul Green has asked this question many a day. Uh, the raw pit bull thing. Okay. So I've, I've told some stories about my past before. I used to do a little bit of backyarding back in the day. We talked about it at the beginning of our conversation, and you did a little bit of it too. And your wrestling name back in the day was the Raw Pit Bull. Please explain the Raw Pit Bull. What is the origins of this name? Okay. So. She's turning colors. She's blushing, by the way. Oh, my God. Just putting me on the spot. Um, so. Uncensored. Raw pit bull. So the pit bull came from the fact that in uh in middle school, like about seventh or eighth grade, I used to beat the shit out of the boys. Boys used to come after me. I used to come after them. I used to hit them all the time. Um, but some of the boys would get very disrespectful. They would want to like touch, feel, grab parts that they weren't supposed to be touching, feeling, and grabbing. You know, they would do it to the other girls. They knew better than to touch my ass. Um, and then one day they actually, one boy actually attempted to touch my ass just because the other girls weren't sticking up for themselves and saying, no, don't touch me. One person wanted to slap my ass and I said, no. 
slapped him in his chest. I was like, don't touch me. And then he kind of wanted to get frisky again. And then that's when I grabbed his balls and I didn't let go. And everybody's like, you basically grabbed him like a pit bull. You locked on and we couldn't get you off. So I kind of thought about that when I was thinking of my character. I was like, I pretty much want to go after the guys. I want to go after their groin basically they're not gonna have a groin by the time they're done with me all my move set is gonna be to the groin you know what i mean like an elbow drop to the groin leg drop to the groin you know explain the innuendo oh my god the innuendo was just basically like whose whose move was similar it was it was um it's it's uh the way that i can describe it to wrestling fans is it's a whoopee cushion where, where Doink would come off the top rope and land on the guy's chest with his ass and then squash him to the ground. It's a whoopee cushion to the dick. Essentially is what it is. The guy's on the ground. You either stand straight up or jump off of an apparatus directly onto the dick. Yeah, I, I, I directly sit on the on the dick, just putting all the, the pressure and just squeezing the shit out of his balls. And I was just basically like, the tagline was, your, your balls are going to be mine by the end of the match. That was the tagline. Your ball, it was like Shang Tsung. The, your balls are mine. Yeah, so, um, uh, so that's where the, the pit bull came from. But I, I to this day, I, I, I do not remember who came up with the raw part. Just somebody said it. And I guess I just went with it, but I still can't clearly define the memory of who came up with Raw in front of Pitbull. But um, it wasn't because of Monday Night Raw. No, it wasn't. I know that part. It was not because of Monday. Night. I know. I remember who said it. Who said it? It was Etienne. He? Why? Because when you were describing the character of the Pitbull, like you just did. They were talking about all the different characteristics that should be attached to that kind of character and being real and raw, being like straight up, like almost like a shoot type character would be perfect. And all of a sudden, Raw Pitbull just took place. So, yes, that's how Raw Pitbull came up, came to came to be. But then when asking AJ Styles, so he's like, who should I make the shirt out to? I was like, oh, Raw Pitbull. He's like, Raw Pitbull. I was like, Raw Pitbull. Bull. Oh, raw pee boo. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Just please re- sp- spell it correctly on the shirt, okay? <laughs> to be fair, in his defense, because now that I know him, to in his defense, we were shouting this. Okay, so this was the Webster Hall show. It was the Webster Hall show. No, 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 it wasn't the Webster Hall. That was the day we bought the motor submission. Uh, the mo- oh, wait. No, the- it wasn't. It was not. It was the day that uh, Eric Young signed our shirts too, where they would come out and surround the ring, and we were out outside the ring. It was another area. It wasn't Webster Hall. I remember that. It was not Webster Hall. It was someplace else. I know for a fact it was Webster Hall because we bought Motorcycle Machine Gun and AJ Phenomenal shirts th- at the same time. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It was not. It was the Eric Young and AJ. Motor City Machine Guns was the same day. Was the same day I hugged Samoa Joe, which was at Webster Hall. Yes, Samoa Joe and Motor City Machine Guns was at Webster Hall. Eric Young and AJ Styles was at another place. No, it was AJ and then James Storm. We got autographs from James Storm too. Yes, but that happened at a different place. Don't make me Webster Hall. We have the shirts. Yeah, shirts don't mean the shirts do not define the location where we got the shirts. Well, it does. You know why? Because how many places have we physically gotten autographs? Webster Hall and in uh, Universal Studios. No, we went to another place. Where? 
Don't make me curse your ass out. We went to another place. Where? If I could pause this and find proof, I would. Okay, just so that you could see the background and see it wasn't Webster Hall. It was lit. It was brightly lit. Webster Hall was dark. When we went to Webster Hall, it was mad dark. There was no way we could take clear photos in there. But this place was well lit. They turned on the lights and everything. So it was a well lit I think you're confusing no, this with no. the trip that we took to Hammerstein. No, I'm not confusing it with anything. You're confusing it with all the <laughs> shit in your brain, okay? <laughs> it was fucking it was fucking Webster. I know it was. I have the evidence. What evidence? A shirt? Yes, no. because that's where we bought the shirt. No, we bought the shirt at another location. No, you only bought one AJ shirt, the white phenomenal one from Webster Hall. No, it was not from Webster Hall. Homie, you pulled like a hundred bucks out that day. You bought like mad shirts. You bought a shirt to keep, and you bought a shirt to get autographed. Remember? And then your fucking shirt, and then my shirt. I bought like five shirts that day. Yeah, you bought mad. <laughs> you, you bought mad merch that day too. You threw out the motorcycle. The motorcycle. First of all, I bought it literally ten years ago, and it's got a hole the size of Idaho in it. Which, by the way, if you're from Idaho and your name is Jim, you cannot listen to this show. Mine doesn't have a hole. I still have my autographed shirts in the closet, untouched. Technically, I never wore the autographed one. I don't know where that is. I remember you bought two shirts: one to wear and one to autograph. Mm-hmm. And one that I wear, it took ten years to wear out. Give me a break. Uh. There you go. Fair enough. That's a fair rebuttal to everything that we just said. That's the end of that fucking conversation. I can't top that. So we're 40 minutes deep. I don't even know if you know that. Yeah, I'm telling you, this shit goes fast. This is my 11th episode. I get going and all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, I got to shut the fuck up because I got to get to the next fucking topic. You know how many times I have like a list of like 10 shit in front of me and I talk like four times? Look, I'm going to do the segue. So to segue, we're going to be talking about Dolph Ziggler. Yes. And... As I was thinking about it, I was th- he was saying, nobody can do what I can do. And I was like, for real? Because nobody can Ziggler like Ziggler. And I say that because I have turned Ziggler into a verb. Okay? I have this thing where I turn people into a verb. Because, I mean, if they're awesome enough, I mean, their awesomeness comes out and you can see their character trait. You can see who they are and they just become a verb to me. So Ziggler is when you oversell a move and I mean oversell like you look like you're dead from a simple super kick you look like you got knocked the fuck out if you can sell it that well and that awesome you just Ziggler'd that move so nobody can Ziggler like Ziggler okay so I don't know exactly what the topic's gonna be but um let's just say Ziggler's awesome and people should understand that from the get yeah well that's the topic the topic we're gonna start with uh, because it literally, it, I always have like a, a set idea of what I want to do on the podcast and the bad yet good part about recording on Tuesday night, maybe even Wednesday is that it's after Raw and SmackDown. So I'll have a set idea and then something stupid will happen on Raw and SmackDown and it'll fuck my whole thing up, which is exactly what happened this week again, because Monday had a huge announcement and Tuesday had right now a few hours before we started recording this had a huge had a huge thing that go down now smackdown i was a big fan of the whole split and i was a big fan of how things were going in the beginning i was becoming a big smackdown guy but to me smackdown is getting a little redundant and it's it's having storylines for the sake of storylines it's just weird i haven't once on this entire show mentioned the whole kevin owens Sami Zayn thing natalia's on raw right 
Natalia's on SmackDown. I guess that's where I was, at, where you're getting the redundancy from, and where I'm seeing it too. Because I literally feel sometimes now that when I fucking see something on Raw, I then have deja vu and I fucking see it on SmackDown. And I'm like, they need to get two separate storylines instead of doing the same storyline with different people on different brands. So, like, the whole walking out bit, I was like, dude, is he going to start crying like Natalia? You guys don't appreciate me and just walk out? It was, it was too much. I had just seen it why have the girl version and now a guy version too much redundancy just like you said yeah it's it's before before ziggler even did it tonight i was going to mention something about that when it comes to the storylines on smackdown it just seems like storylines for the sake of storylines these characters uh always seem to have and this is a nice thing to have I, i wish this was real life but all these characters always seem to have one problem at a time like, like it just like Sammy and Kevin have a problem with Shane, and then Shane, and then Shane, and then Shane. They're only feuding with Shane. Why are we feuding with Shane? What the fuck is? Why is Shane the focus and all? And literally all of this. Wasn't the point of the split? Because Steph makes everything about herself. So I'm gonna go to SmackDown, and I'm gonna make it all about opportunity and all about the boys, and push the guys that nobody really pushes. Which in the beginning is what it was. Breeze Dango got over. The Usos are fucking monster over right now. They gave Jinder Mahal the fucking championship, which I, I would love to get into what happened at Clash of Champions, but I'm gonna control myself, and I'm gonna save that for after your visit. Okay, you're the guest, and I will respect you. But next week, I'm going off. On the Clash of Champions situation, we're going to save that. But uh, the point I'm getting to is that SmackDown's becoming a little redundant. So we get to the SmackDown section here, and the thing that we need to talk about is the speculation of Dolph Ziggler dropping this belt. Now, you've been uh, watching wrestling for pretty much 14 years, because pretty much since you've met me. And you've heard me rant and rave about tradition and respecting championships and, and, and all that stuff. You've seen all the craziness. Uh, Lunger Blaze dumping the women's title in the garbage. Uh, David Arquette being a world champion. People just disregarding wearing the belt all kind of weird ways. Yada, yada. <laughs> yeah, CM Punk putting it in his fridge. Exactly. So, um, Ziggler did not announce tonight that he was relinquishing the championship. He placed the belt on the ground and simply walked off. He said the fans weren't worthy of his presence. They weren't worthy of his skills. We were commenting as we were watching the footage about how deep they had to go, how crazy far back they went to showcase how successful he's been, if you want to call it that, because for every championship situation they gave you on TV, I can give you 12 following those championship wins of shitty booking. But... They, they went really far back. So the question that I have for you, okay, regarding the Dolph Ziggler situation, because you've been, you just described it yourself. You've been using that Ziggler verb for many fucking years now. I mean, five, six years ago, the both of us were calling him the best in-ring guy in the world. So you know his story. You've seen it since the beginning. So your thoughts on what you saw earlier and him dropping the title, does, does that mean to you that he's relinquishing it, or do you think this is going to be more toward uh, some sort of story down the line? Um, see, I feel like I'm going to repeat the same stuff that I said while I was watching it, but like well, they didn't hear it, so say it. he said, um, what did he say? He said, you guys don't deserve me, you guys don't appreciate me, and then he just put it down, and as you said, he, just, he didn't say anything. So... 
you know, if that's him dropping the belt, or so he didn't say that. That's him. Sorry, that's him dropping the belt. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, if that's him dropping the belt, then are they going to have a tournament to try to get it back? That means he can't fight for it next time. You know what I mean? He can't defend it if he doesn't have it. And then is he going to want to be in that title match again? And is there going to be another title match? Is he going to be another contender saying, I never lost it, so I should be in the next one. And if they make him win it again, I kept saying, he's going to win it, drop it, win it, drop it, win it, dropping it. Just to say, I'm not going to keep the belt until you start appreciating the person who has the belt. And I think maybe that's where they're, they're going with. Like, I'm not going to actually wear it, flaunt it, you know, showcase it until you start appreciating the man who has it. And I think that would have been stronger to say than just placing it down because now you're just leaving it open, speculation, people are going to talk about it, which I guess is something WWE always wants. They always want the internet buzzing, you know, see what other people can come up as far as storylines, and then they get their little ideas, and then they write what they want to write the following week. Um, but, you know, he just wants, I guess, respect, but I don't know where they're going to go from here on out. Is he going to get it? How they're going to work toward getting it but it's got to be about respect somehow but i also think it's disrespectful that they chose images when he was spirit squad Dolph ziggler and when he was short-haired blonde ziggler and when he was wearing his shorts ziggler they didn't choose any footage from maybe the last two years it wasn't it wasn't even recent it wasn't no, it wasn't it wasn't even freaking recent shit. So that's disrespectful from the get. I feel sorry for the editing video package guy. Well, we 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 were talking about it as we saw it. We were like uh they really reached. <laughs> they really reached far back to get all these moments. And I, we were talking about me bringing this topic up on the podcast and and I had some something in my head that came from another podcast that I didn't want to reach into but I think it will help our conversation so I'll bring it up that Dolph Ziggler on the Edge and Christian podcast had mentioned that he really feels like right now he's just the bridge for NXT guys that he's the guys he's the guy that puts over the NXT guys to get over on the main roster which is not a bad spot to have it's not a bad spot. It's still a respectable spot. If anything, at his age and, and, and skill set, it's really what he's supposed to be doing. The problem is is that he loses all the goddamn time. That's not my words. Those are his. He says, I lose all the goddamn time. And eventually what happens is, is if you win none of the time, you have really no eccentric value. Because how can I get this guy over if beating me means nothing? Everyone beats me. That's not going to get this guy over. And maybe that's Maybe those words were spoken and someone heard it and said, you know what, maybe he's right and they're changing it around. We don't know. We'll see. But to go back to 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 the, uh, the what I mentioned before, you answered your question about respect. Everything you just said made sense to me. The problem is, is it seems like we're doing that. Okay, let's get respect back on Ziggler. Let's build him back up to be a strong contender again at the expense of the U.S. title. And, and it's like... You're not worthy of my presence. You're not worthy of my skill set. And then drop and then just walk the fuck off. And to your point, you say, well, I'm not going to wear this. I'm not going to flaunt this. I'm not going to be a representative of this until you deserve it. So that means in the meanwhile, in the meantime, the belt's just going to sit there and float. And that's not good for the title, I don't think. There were a lot of guys before Corbin put his poison on it. There were a lot of guys 
working really hard to try to make that title mean something. They were this close. I mean, a cunt hairs away from just getting rid of that belt altogether before they split the brands. The brand split, in my opinion, saved that belt because they needed a secondary title on SmackDown. Now they have it. But now they have a guy with it who basically just told the entire world today on SmackDown, fuck it. I don't really give a shit about it. Just fuck it. Wait, it, it makes me think now because he comes out with no music, no video package behind him. No, no Titan Tron, no Sparks. So maybe he's saying, I'm going to be a champion without the championship belt. I'm going to be your champion, but without the belt. I'm going to come out with absolutely nothing. And when I mean absolutely nothing, I mean not even flaunting the goddamn belt. The belt is not going to make the champion. I'm going to still come out and be your champion without the championship belt. Well, then do it without the belt. Why win the belt? He could he could have run that storyline without the belt. He could have. Let's look at that. Uh, you saw right exactly. You you saw the end spot to the Clash of Champions matchup, right? The triple threat. Baron Corbin has him up for the end of days. Ziggler hits the fucking zigzag. One two three. Let's play devil's advocate here, right? Let's say that because Dolph Ziggler was a, a last minute entry into that matchup. Baron Corbin has Brood set up for the end of days. Ziggler hits the zigzag. One two th- one two kick out. Corbin kicks out. Right, he's in firm control. Rude's still recovering. Ziggler and Corbin go back and forth because the crowd was thirsty for it. They were hungry for it you, for Bobby Rude to win that that damn United States Championship. So why not? Since Ziggler and Rude are already engulfed in this feud, why not have Ziggler uh, uh, get overzealous? He's just pissed off that that wasn't the end. He's arguing with the referee. Blah 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 blah. Turn around, kick. Glorious DDT. Bobby Rude does win the championship. But the fans respect Bobby so much and they're so behind Bobby that Ziggler runs that. I should have been the champion. I, I, I was this freaking close to winning a championship. In my opinion, I'm the uncrowned champ. And I don't need a belt to prove it. And then show that package. Look how many belts I've won. Look, I won the money in the bank. I'm the world champion. I don't need Bobby Roode. To, I don't need to beat Bobby Roode and Cor- Baron Corbin to prove my, my status. He's just making another loss into a win. That's essentially what he's going to be trying to do. I've lost, 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 lost. This fucking loss, I'm going to make a fucking win. That's it. I'm going to win something from this loss because I'm tired of fucking losing. Why put him in another losing position? Then his statement is true. I'm losing all the time to NXT people. And Rude just came from NXT. So, again, it's bridging the fucking cap, uh, the, 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 the gap. And he's just doing it again. Maybe they didn't want him to do it Again, they were trying to stop that momentum. Fair, but where do you think he's headed from here? Winning streak? He's losing anyway. You really think that the him dropping the bell and him going forward with this whole idea of, of being, because technically as of right now, he is the champion. So to so to your point with this gimmick, oh, I'm the champion, and but you don't deserve me to be the champion, so I'm going to be kind of like a, like a far-off champion. Like, uh, it's my belt, but I don't really want it. Granted, but where do you think this is headed? Do you think he's going to go on a run now? We're at Royal Rumble WrestleMania season. This is where all the top stars start pulling off their wins. You, this guy's going on a streak? He's not going on a streak. He's losing anyway. Well, maybe in, in that case, he's just going to be like, you know what? I'm only going to wear the belt when I need to wear the belt on pay-per-views. Because he's, he's probably going to say, 
he's, he's probably going to go on a rant next week and say, well, you know what? What's the point of we, me wearing the belt if I never defend it on regular shows? The only time people ever defend the belt is on pay-per-views anyway. So why wear it on a regular Monday, Tuesday, whatever? He's on Tuesdays, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why why wear it on a regular Tuesday when I don't need to wear it on a regular Tuesday? It's not like it's ever for the belt. It's not like they're actually going to make me drop it on a Tuesday. It only happens on fucking Sundays. So I might as well, well wear this designer belt on Sunday. And thus shitting on the belt. And thus shitting on the belt. How does that not devalue you the championship? The guy who owns it doesn't give a fuck about it. I'll wear it when I want to wear it. But he's deval- devaluing... All the other aspects of WWE so far. The music, the Titantrons, that's his whole run right now, isn't it? Yeah. Which is fine. Which is fine. Devalue all that shit because in all fairness, you can. You can shit on a Titantron. You can, remember he was doing the entrances. Oh, everyone just likes to make flashy entrance. You can shit on all that. That's great. But shouldn't the goal be champion? Shouldn't what turns all that around be champion? Shouldn't that be the point? Yeah, but then that's what's going to set up the new storyline and the new run against um, against Bobby Roode. Now, Bobby Roode is going to come out with his promo saying, you know what? If you're going to shit on the belt so much, it's going to be when I- I'm going to beat you for it and I'm going to make the belt glorious. And that's going to be his whole run. Right, because the money is always in the chase. The problem is, is Roode's already chased him and beat him. Literally, just a few just a few weeks ago. So how is that the money feud? Do it again with a title now this time. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. But when, but when do they always make sense when they make storylines? They sometimes never do. It, it doesn't. I mean, they have a select few where it gets intense, intense, intense. And sometimes the feud is actually not that intense. They just have a great poem promo package and a few lines that turn it into an intense storyline when it really wasn't that intense to begin with. Yeah, because in all seriousness, Rude and Ziggler has actually been a shit fest. The matches have actually not been that good, which is actually ironic. Because I think I remember a few times us talking, maybe not about Rude specifically, but like a lot of the guys in TNA during that heyday, 06, 07, 08, like when Ziggler was really starting to click in WWE, and then TNA had like all these fucking stars. Like 06, 07, 08, like TNA was rocking, and we used to say a lot. Like, man, Ziggler would really be crushing it in TNA. And now all those TNA guys are in the WWE, and they're not clicking at all. When, Like, one of my dream matches, Ziggler and Styles. Their match was shit. I was very sad. I mean, it wasn't shit. Let me not say shit. It was a good match, but in comparison to what I thought, it like Styles and Ziggler, like, I used to always have that particular match, like, on a pedestal. Like, man, that would have been great. Okay, I didn't particularly see that match. However, it's not... The old Ziggler you're used to, and yeah. it's not with the old AJ you're used to. It's with uh, a rundown, beat down, losing streak Ziggler compared to an, a WWE version of Styles, not a TNA version of Styles. Yeah. And it's not in his younger days either. You know what I mean? He's slowing things down. So a slower AJ versus a eh, Ziggler now. We are approaching our hour. <laughs> We're at 58 minutes. And I usually keep my shows to an hour. So I'm already of the impression we're going to go over. But I don't want to go over too far. Because otherwise I won't get the clicks that I want to get. And I'm, it's not the last time I plan on having you on the show. So we'll save some stuff. But I do want to touch on one last topic before you go. I'm going to have um, 
the next the next episode I'll just run down a bunch of shit. But I, I, these are definitely topics that I wanted to bring up with you because I know you're versed in Ziggler. And the next topic I'm gonna bring up, you're very well versed in uh, as well. So um, we didn't get a chance to actually watch it, but I, to to stop it now at midnight to watch it, we might as well just get into it. Um, this Royal Rumble announcement. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this because, and, and I'm gonna set it up for you because. Um, before we get into what was actually announced, which I spoke to you earlier about what was actually announced, I would also now like to add on, because this is the information you don't know, the social media response to this announcement, which has been 50-50. And I'm shocked by that. I actually thought by now, after everything the women have done on Raw and SmackDown, and, and fuck NXT for just a second, because NXT did it first, but bef- fuck NXT. The progress that women have made on these shows, because we used to have piss breaks and diva stop watches and all that shit, botch counts for these diva matches for years, years, years. And as a woman yourself, who's not only watched wrestling, but you admitted earlier in this podcast, you've been involved with wrestling yourself. You saw these divas come in and basically just embarrass you, because you used to be, you used to physically be embarrassed by some of these matches. Now, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion. This current diva roster, both Raw and SmackDown, is the deepest and most talented this company has ever had. And that's the Trish Stratus era I'm including in that. Because I grew up with that era. And I can count on one hand the good wrestlers that came from that era, okay? Now we've got 10, 11, 12 consistent performers that do it every night and deserve the opportunities that they're getting. So now we have this Royal Rumble announcement. Stephanie McMahon... On Monday Night Raw announces that we're going to have a Royal Rumble matchup. And I think I think the reason why the response has been 50-50 is because I had it paused on the TV. I didn't get a chance to show you. It wasn't the announcement. It was how they announced it. And how they announced it was is that all the women were fighting each other. They were all fighting. Because, you know, Absolution's doing their thing. Everyone's fighting. Then Steph comes out. And for some reason, they all have to just... Be quiet because Steph's speaking, and then Steph makes the big emotional announcement, and now everyone's hugging and shaking hands, and we did it, hooray, and and that's what's pissing people off, I think. Yeah, the way that it was done, apparently it was supremely odd. It, It was just weird all the way around the way that they announced everything, but um but the, but that's why I think it was it, it, the social media response has been a little weird. Also, you have your chauvinistic assholes who are just oh, women wrestlers having their own match, blah. But but for the most part, I think it was just delivery. So just give me your thoughts on everything that I'm giving you right now. Okay, when I first heard about the uh, women's Royal Rumble, I saw like a quick tagline on Facebook as I was scrolling by saying that they were going to. Uh, There was a rumor that they were going to announce it. And I thought, well, there's not enough people. And then all of a sudden on Monday Night Raw, I see Absolution. Okay, two new women on the roster. Then on Tuesday, I see uh, the Riot Squad. Three more people coming up. And then I'm just like, why am I seeing this influx of women all of a sudden? And I'm like, this is probably their answer to the problem of there's not enough women on the roster to do a Royal Rumble. They're like, there's not enough women, then we need to call up women. And I think they did it in a really fast-paced way, 
but now I know what their end goal was so that they would have enough women for this women's Royal Rumble. Um, and I do think that that's kind of stupid and crappy that they're all fighting each other and then all of a sudden they start hugging. I think the only people who should have hugged were the faces and not the heels. The heels should have smacked their arms and been like, who the fuck do you think you're hugging? You know what I mean? You're not hugging me. I was just bitching you out a second ago. That should be the immediate response. That is breaking some sort of, I feel like, kayfabe. If they're all hugging each other, heels should not be hugging faces and and heels should not just be forgetting that two seconds ago they just wanted to whoop this person's ass. That's retarded and stupid. Um, so I thank God I didn't see it because I would have, as you said, been em- embarrassed and shit on it. I would have just been like, what the fuck? Like, why do they think that women's emotions go up and down so quickly? You know what I mean? That's that's what they think. You know what I mean? That one second they can be pissed off and the next second they can be happy. And at who? Like, why does Stephanie coming out and making this announcement make everybody so happy? I mean, think, of, think about it like this. This was bound to happen. Have you noticed that every single pay-per-view that's come out they have to have a female version of it now you know the steel cage the uh the hell in the cell the the money in the bank the the the, the 60 man iron man matches now 30 man iron man match um now they're having a female version of everything what's the next pay-per-view after royal rumble The February pay-per-view, I have zero idea what they're calling it this year. Because it used to be Elimination Chamber. and then Oh, Fastlane. It was Fastlane last year, so I don't know. There, there really is no marquee matchup. What's the pay-per-view after that? Wrestle, uh, WrestleMania. Okay, well, let's just think about it like this. The next classic match that or the next marquee-type match that they usually have in the next pay-per-view, watch there be a female version of it. Because now they're trying to do this female empowerment Oh, the last one? Have they have a women elimination match? Yeah. Yeah. They did? They do it every year. Yeah. Oh, the maybe I I missed that one. That's an embarrassment on my part now. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not an embarrassment on your part, but that's kind of my point when I'm trying to make the fact that you didn't know that. Because Stephanie said in her in her opening promo that three years ago a revolution began and she started naming the names you know Charlotte and Sasha and all that stuff and Bailey and all that stuff and when she should have been mentioning Paige but I know why she didn't mention Paige Paige is back in the doghouse new leaks new photos have leaked while she's been back yes now now that she's been back so she's kind of back in the doghouse again um I don't think it's full doghouse because I think at this point it it's not really well, at any point, I don't think it was Paige. You know, this shit just kind of happened to Paige. Um, she just has to suffer the consequences because it's a PG product, and that's what it is. She'll she'll be fine. But I, I can see why they didn't play up the whole... And, and they released Emma. So and that's one of the negatives of releasing Emma because you're having all these moments, and they fucking started it. So it's hard. I, I get that. But, like... You mentioned all the marquee matchups. Hell in a Cell, of the ones that they've done, was the one I thought they would never do. Because I remember them, I remember way back when, when they had the first uh, cage match on Raw, which was Lita and Victoria. I remember the shit fest that was backstage about all these people scared to death of having two females in a cage, especially since none of them had had cage match experience, and it was the main event of Raw, and it was, it was just a big, shit show but the match was dope like the match like Lita and Victoria brought it like it was a great fucking match and you would think all right cool 
They main evented with the girls. We'll see this again. Never saw it again. Before that, the first Raw main event ever for females, Trish and Lita. You know, they made a big deal about it. It was a big deal. Two women by themselves on the flagship show. We see how it happens. And it was great. It drew a big number. Never saw it again. <laughs> okay? And I, I think because of that era, you couldn't do it all the time because the division was very limited. If you were going to do main events for all with women, it was probably going to be the two same women all the time. Trish and Lita. There was no Mickey James yet. Victoria was great. But she, when she got her main event, like how many other, like Molly Holly, like how many main events are you going to get out of this division? Not a whole lot. Now, there's so many interchangeable parts. Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky. You're building more. You still have Grandma Natty. Uh, you have Naomi's uh, come up now. Carmella's becoming a star. Alexa's become like the diva now. Like in, they're in love with Alexa. I don't get the, the, I don't get the hype. I think Alexa's cool i think she's good for what she does i don't see her as a top diva or women a woman but they do so whatever it's what it, they're bringing in all these people is what i'm trying to say alexa has the same hype that sasha banks had in nxt like that same hype and background and and and, and, and audience backing you know what i mean they they love sasha in nxt when she was being badass soon as she came here and she was faith now once they turn Alyssa face who knows she might not be the same right now she's awesome because she's heel but if they give her the sasha treatment she may not be the same i, I don't I, I i think it's reversed you're right because alexa didn't have a whole lot of fanfare in nxt she didn't really get over 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 until she got to the main roster she she was a surprise pick in that shit in that uh that draft like i was shocked that she was separated from her team and brought to the main roster by herself but she's she wasn't even in nxt women's champion she never even com really competed for it she had like maybe one or two matches and all of a sudden she's the first ever female to win raw and smackdown world titles and she's the dominant female on raw she's about to become the longest reigning raw women's champion uh and oh in this new era or whatever above all time and, and and she's just but my point is is that they're doing all these different things with women and there's a combination of I don't give a fuck from audience members and why the fuck, which is I can give I can give the what the fuck uh, the time of day because as a wrestling fan, if you want to critique, if, well, I'm not really into that, that's fine. I'll give you that because everybody's perspective is different. Why the fuck? I can't give a pass to why the fuck. That's the that's the part. Yeah, exactly. You know why at this point why they're doing it because everyone's like, ugh, it's just more of this women's lib agenda. It's more feminazi bullshit. They're just trying to give the women a chance because it's equality. Fuck that. We've had wrestling for a hundred years. There's never been anything like this before. We've had the Royal Rumble. Let's let's, let's just single out the Royal Rumble for a second. We've had the Royal Rumble since 1989. Right? So that's uh, 99, 09, 19, almost 30 years of Royal Rumbles. Right? We've never had a female one. And one of the biggest reasons we've never had one is because the division's never been that deep where we can get 15, 20 women together and the fans buy into the idea that any one of these women can win the fucking match and go on to WrestleMania and face the champion or whatever the fuck. There's never been a situation like that before. That's how deep the division is now. And for you to say, well, why the fuck would they even bother having it? 
because they fucking deserve to have one. How many times in the past, in the course of the past few months, forget a year, past few months, have the women closed the show? A, a bunch of fucking times. Alexa has closed the show. Sasha's closed the show. Bailey's closed the show. And that's Raw. Go to SmackDown. Charlotte's closed the show. Becky's closed the show. It's becoming the norm where bookers, you can't even say bookers because WWE doesn't have bookers, but the, but the writing staff for the most part are taking the best storyline at that time, regardless of who's in it, and they're closing the show with it. I say, okay, Kevin Owens and Zayn are doing great stuff with this. That's cool. The end of Raw was the women's announcement. That's how Raw went off the air for the Royal Rumble announcement. And the crowd did the whole yes chant stuff and all that stuff. There is a, there is a section of people who really want this to happen. Then there's that section of people that I believe really don't want this to happen because I don't think they're just comfortable with it yet. In 2017, how are we not comfortable with the idea of women wrestling in this type of environment? What is the difference between a singles match or a tag match? All we've seen, you and I have complained back and forth, multi-woman matches, multi-women matches, six women, four women, seven women, eight women, whatever the fuck it is. They could never seem to figure out what to do with the girls. Who's going to be the number one contender? I don't know. Maybe all of them. That's been the whole thing the entire time. Now we have a system, a purpose for a multi-woman match. In the Royal Rumble, you're gonna take. We still have no specifics. This is still fresh. It just happened. We're actually probably one of the first podcasts that are probably gonna get a chance to talk about it because it's the Wednesday show. But they haven't mentioned how many women are gonna be in it. They haven't mentioned uh, which brand will be represented: uh, Raw, SmackDown, or even NXT. They haven't mentioned anything about it. They've simply stated one will exist at the Rumble. One's going to happen. So I will apply. The same rule of excitement to the women's rumble that I do for the men. And I would like people who are hearing this to give me the benefit of the doubt and listen to what I'm trying to tell you. The why you should be excited for this matchup. Because for the men's match, you have a certain level of excitement. And that being who's going to win and who's going to go to WrestleMania to face the champion. Why is that important? Because every time somebody wins the Rumble, except for the last few years with Orton and Batista and Cena. But for the most part, the point of the Rumble is that's going to be the next guy. That's usually how that's supposed to go. When you win the Royal Rumble, you're supposed to be the next guy. So if you win the Rumble for the women, now you can kind of give the audience the idea this is going to be the next woman that's going to lead the division in 2018. All right, so that's exciting. Second, surprises. Here. I was just getting excited because every Royal Rumble we have a party here, and I always create a chart it, yes, the in the house of O, I create a chart and I print out the photo of every person that's on the main roster. Um, and every time somebody comes out, I put them as number one, number two, number three, number four. Even the stupid, like, rumored surprise entrance, I print those out just in case. And I print out anybody who's retired or recently left or is fresh, I print those out too, just in case they're going to be, like, surprise entrance. Now I have to make two posters. Super excited to make two. 
And now we have my second point, which is surprises. The male Royal Rumble always has a certain set of surprise. Not last year. For some reason, last year didn't have one. But for the most part, it's nice to have surprise picks, maybe even some returns or some debuts or whatever the case may be. The women's Rumble can have that. And part of the reason why I'm excited about that is because once this match was announced, all of the old school divas started tweeting and Trish Stratus tweeted earlier today, and she said, wow, congratulations to the ladies. I hope they go out there and have a great show. Man, where are those boots at, by the way? Could you imagine a scenario where some of these old school girls who had an opportunity to lead Trish Stratus? Yeah, imagine Snooki. Number and number eleven comes in and wins the whole damn thing, baby. With the with with the cartwheel backflip splash, if you will. No, I, the possibilities of a Molly Holly or a Victoria or 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 even like a a, a Jacqueline or something like that. Like that adds intrigue. If you would have had Jacqueline go to the Royal Rumble, you'd have been like, ah, it's fucking Jacqueline. But it, in the Royal Rumble match. In the Royal Rumble match, that adds intrigue. But you know what? I don't. It's it's not only about the surprise. Ent- it's not only about the surprise entrance. But I feel like they're gonna include people from other different scenarios. Like they're probably gonna include some May Young entrance. Like people who didn't get to see the May oh, Young, May Young. Um, I jumped the gun. The people who didn't see the May Young competition, they're probably gonna introduce some of those. Even the winner. Are you saying? Yeah. They're probably going to have her in there so it could be like kind of like her debut. See what she's all about. So they probably include some Mae Young. They'll probably include some NXT people, you know what I mean, in there just to make it more full. They've already they've already brought up some people like Asuka. They've already introduced two new squads. So that's actually six more people on the roster, you know what I mean? So I feel like they should include both Raw and SmackDown women and just whoever wins gets to then go for the belt on their brand. You know what I mean? But at least you have at least, now you have at least a good nine women on Raw, at least a good nine on SmackDown. If you include some from NXT and Mae Young, you can have a good 30 women. But we don't have 30? No, no, no. You can, you can, if you finagle it, if you take Raw, if you take SmackDown, if you take NXT, if you take the uh, Mae Young Classic and add some surprises, you can get 30. 30 is too much. Can't do 30. Here's why you can't do 30. Uh, you're making this face right now, okay? Here's why you can't do 30. This is the first one ever. And people are already shitting on it, okay? This is Ghostbusters all over again, okay? So you need to present your best efforts and you have a lot of talented women on this roster a lot if you did 30 you'd be thinning the herd to get to 30 you're putting bullshit divas in there at this point no 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 no. you don't have to you don't have to you don't you don't no you you have you have to put fillers just like you do in the male royal rumble you start out with two strong competitors then you put your bullshits in there just so they can knock them out then you put your big strong nia jackson there or your oscar them two big two big strong people against each other but then they're knocking out all the puny shits out of the way then you include some more actually athletic people and then you're down to like about four you 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 have to do it that way you need your bullshit players you need exactly you need your bullshit players in there no but it's not it's not about the 30 
It's not about the third. You just need your bullshit players because the May Young people are not going to get that much shine. They're in there and then they come out. Exactly. But that's why you need 30 men. I mean, th- I mean, you, th- you need 30 women. Yes, you do. Because then you're just going to have the other, l- l- the other lumberjack match that was on the other day. Lumberjack had everybody there. It's just seeing that all over again. No, it's not because the lumberjack situation is all the women are on the outside. They're not competing, right? Every single time we watch the Royal Rumble, and I'm referring to the men at this point, right? There's 30 men in every Rumble, but you and I know, realistically, exactly. there's only six motherfuckers that are gonna win this. All right, it all depends on who comes out at what time. It's gonna be the same shit for the women's Royal Rumble. All right, Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, Oscar, Sasha. Carmella maybe because she's got that briefcase, so they'll probably tease her a little bit toward the end, and then a bunch of who the fucks. It's gonna, and this is their opportunity in this rumble. Sonya, Mandy, Ruby, uh, 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 Sarah, Sarah Logan, Liv, Liv Morgan. They called all of them up for a reason. This is gonna be their opportunity to shine, but they're not gonna get the opportunity to shine in this particular match. Who? Come close. I call Sarah Del Rey as a surprise entrance. That would be a fucking pop. Everybody would love it. Everybody would mark out to that. Or at least the marks would mark out to that. Okay? Not the 13-year-olds would mark out to that. But you you know that what's what's, what's interesting to come is that now we're going to have new statistics for Royal Rumble. Who's coming out first? How long is that person going to last? Who's coming in at number 27? Who's coming in uh, second? You know, who's coming in 30th? You know, who's going to be the final four? You know, who's going to throw out the most amount of people? You're going to have new statistics for women. And it's who are you going to choose to fill in these positions that these men have long drained already? You know what I mean? So it's just it's new statistics. You're going to have to open up a new Microsoft Word document and keep track all over again. Uh, it's it's every this is one of those matches and I, and I think personally that's why I enjoy it because you just mentioned it right there about my word documents I'm a bit of a historian and I love history I love when people make history and every breath every step every move every entrant every elimination everything uh, about this match will be history so far we've already made history first of all that it was announced earlier today uh, on Smackdown it was announced that Naomi qualified for the Rumble. She's the first qualifier for the female Rumble of all time, and that would be Na- she's gonna be she's a trivia question at this point. <laughs> she she may not she she may uh, oh yeah 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 they love the Naomi entrance yeah so she'll probably either be one or two and she'll come in and she'll do the whole glow stuff and and that's fine that's fine listen d- that's. Part of what makes it a spectacle is, listen, whatever you have to do to get this over, get it over. Because I personally think it needs to, we've been talking about a women's rumble for two years now. And people online, have been, even the ones who have supported this announcement have said, this is a few years too late. This should have happened when all those calls call up happened the first time. Remember Team Bad and Team Charlotte, uh, when, uh, PCB, like when they had uh, Paige, Charlotte, and Becky, and then uh, uh, Sasha, Tamina, and uh, you know when the first big women's call up took place. That 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 people were talking about it. Yeah, yeah, I know. They 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 were talking about it then. 
I can't hear you. The, the, the fans can't hear you. But yes, Big Show and Kane, I got you. <laughs> they, uh, they've been talking about this for a couple of years now. So the fact that it's happening now, and you saw the writing on the wall when they called up four women who really had no business being called up. They're not ready. Sonya's not ready. Everyone knows they're not ready. Sonya knows she's not ready. But uh, you, when you get the call up, when you get the nod, you go. Yeah, you go, and, and you see what happens, and you know we forgot all the other ones. You know we haven't even mentioned the Dana Brooks, the Alicia Foxes. We have. We, there's a, still a few divas. Um, excuse me, women that we. No, but you don't need all. You don't need all. But but that's how you get thirty. But not only that, with the two, with the Riot Squad and the Absolution now, now you can have. Now you can have the two groups going against each other. Like they, the three of them help each other out to eliminate everybody. And then you have the two groups against each other. Which group is going to um, empower the other one? So, I mean, you have some sort of storylines to go in there. And again, Dana Brooke, definitely fodder. Piece of shit. Okay. Um, and Alicia Fox, she might be out of maybe respect. You know what I mean? She might last to maybe the final four. I don't see her going out quickly you know what i mean naomi's definitely coming out first okay um and you know what the person who should come out last is probably alexa bliss the tiny one or maybe she should even be second too to see how long the, the tiny one lasts i don't think the champions will be involved in this match and they shouldn't be because uh, historically that's not been good the first few male royal rumbles uh, actually i think the first the first one ever didn't involve a championship match at all. The one that Hacksaw Jim Duggan won in ninety nine in ninety in eighty nine. Uh, the first two rumbles. I don't even know if you know this. The first two the other rumbles after that, Hogan won. He was the champion at the time, and that was when they decided no good. So they were like, okay, after this, all the Royal Rumble winners from now on will face the champion at the Rumble. So there will be no 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 champions in the Rumble. I think we should learn from that and start that off that way. I think it becomes a big deal. If you win the Royal Rumble, you go to WrestleMania and you face the champion, whoever that champion may be. I don't know who's going to have the belt between now and then because even for the guys, that's sketchy. It changes just this past year. Uh, AJ walked into the Rumble champ, lost to Cena. Cena won the belt. Then he goes to February and he loses the belt. And it's just, it's just, oh, actually, that wasn't, was it this year? No, that was uh, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt won the uh, championship in February. We're not even gonna get into that. We're not getting into the he shall he who shall let me name shit because that's a hold of the podcast for another day. Okay, I will respect. I have to. I have to bring the historical facts. So we are coming to an end. Uh, yeah, come on, sit up. We 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 getting too comfortable with this podcast. We we we're coming to an end. We've exceeded our our limit, um, both in time because we're trying to go to sleep and. In podcast time, this is by far not even close the longest podcast I have ever done, but it was the most fun. I told you it would be fun because I, I like talking to people and having conversations. But this was a nice test run because I'm going to be doing interviews in the future. Uh, aside from our little technical difficulty tonight, I will eventually get that under control, and we will have interviews. You're going to be on the show again. Um, I'm going to have some other people who've been dying to get on and talk to me and, and have conversations. So this was a nice dry run. But um, w- the one thing about this Royal Rumble we didn't talk about, who wins? Who who do you give the first ever win to? Well, you first have to narrow down the 30. Which, according to you, is not going to be 30. We're not doing 30. They're not doing 30. There's no fucking way. They're not doing two full hours of one match. That's not going to happen. 
As a matter of fact, you guys are probably going to get less time than the men, too. They're probably going to give the men 90 seconds. They're probably going to give you guys like 60 seconds for the entrances. That's, that's too short. Then why even have the Royal Rumble if you're going to make it, if you're going to make all these differences? And it's not the same anymore. If you're going to make it equal, make it equal. Don't say you're going to do it to give them empowerment, but still shut them down a little bit. We've had 60-second entrance Royal Rumbles before. No matter. Don't matter what's the men getting right now. We don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. We don't know what the time of is going to be on that. You, 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 you can't open it up saying the next following contest is the Royal Rumble that's going to have this, well, this, and this. And then when the women come out, we're going to have the women Royal Rumble and, and it's going to be different rules. So pay attention. It's going to be this, this, and this. No, you can't do that. Well, you also have to know at this point if there's going to be a Royal Rumble women's match, they're opening. But that's just because of time constraints. I think, I think that's good. I think the women's Royal Rumble should ma- should open that way. You can give the ro- a women's Royal Rumble all the time they need, and then you can adjust the singles matches with their time limits based on whatever the fuck the women's did. So uh, we're gonna bring this bitch to a close because we've been talking for way too fucking long. I said a thousand times on this podcast, I don't want to do ninety minutes, and I'm uh, a minute away from ninety minutes. So. Uh, thank you, honey, sweetie, pie, love of my life, mother of my son, and the greatest thing that's ever happened to me for staying up and being on this show. I know you're going to curse me out in about five hours when we get up <laughs> to have a well, when I get up and then you get up later to, to curse me out. So yeah, we're, um, we're got, we, we have to get going with this. So, uh, I will be back next week with uh, more of the Jericho Omega shit because um, more some more shit went down. And uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about Fox and Disney because of that confirmation. I put that on hold, and uh, I'll talk about that next week. A lot of shit to get to. We're talking Royal Rumble. This was the go-home show for Christmas. Uh, I don't know when the fuck I'm going to actually film next week's episode because Christmas lands on Monday. So I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I don't know. I may be late again. I don't fucking know. I guess that depends on you and what you want to do for the holiday. Yeah, you're the you're the wife in this situation. What happens? Do I film on Tuesday again? No, nah, you can film it on Thursday. Release it on Wednesday. But film before the holiday. Jesus Christ. Okay. All right, guys. So thank you for tuning in for this. Uh, Ninety minutes exactly, almost in a few seconds. So thank you for tuning in. It was a good time. I had fun. I'm tipsy. My wife's been sitting here being a good soldier. Episode 11. We will see you guys next week. Thank you very much. Please listen to my daddy show. Please listen to my husband's show.